Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yeah, things back and white podcast. I'm Andrew Muscoff today, joined by Lee Ryder. And what has been another busy week for Newcastle United on and off the pitch. Plenty of transfer news to talk about. We'll get onto that in just a moment, but we will talk about the uh, the last preseason friendly, a two-one defeat to Augsburg. Um, lots of positives on the pitch, particularly in the first half. Newcastle mm-hmm. created quite a few chances. Uh, what did you make of the game? Yeah, well, for me, it wasn't a bad display overall. I think you know when you're a fan, you go to the game and you you look at the team hoping that they can create opportunities going forward that's what Newcastle fans want to see they, that's certainly what they got uh, four or five good chances to take the lead maybe in the first half um, goalkeeper was in, in good form you know my fear in the second half was that Augsburg wouldn't um, wouldn't be the the same team and they would come out and give it a bit more of a go and that's exactly what happened and they hit them on the break and they probably could have had a couple of others but even then Newcastle still had some good chances Perez, Murphy uh, Fabian Shaw so yeah they could have got something out of it but with friendly games it doesn't really matter about the results I realised I did say it was 2-1 it was it was 1-0 wishful thinking that Newcastle yeah. actually scored a goal because yeah. they have had a bit of a barren run in front of goal recently obviously Rondon looks like well Rondon will be coming in do you for see him being the answer to Newcastle's problems because his goal scoring record is better than what they've currently got at the club but it's not perhaps the prolific goal scorer that Benitez really wants deep down yeah well I think everyone would love to get a 25 goals a season man or 25 plus goals a season but they cost the mega money Newcastle aren't prepared to put that forward to give it the manager so they've got to look further down and look at you know more viable options for the money that they do have to spend. Uh, Rondon did okay at West Brom, I think. You know whether coming to a bigger club, um, you know might you know just lift them a little bit. Uh, the responsibility that sort of thing, working with Rafa as well might bring the best out. I mean, I just remember a few, quite a few years ago now, about five or six years ago, I was a. Uh, was over in Spain and you know you have a look at the papers when you're over there on holiday and this name Rondon kept coming up um, in the newspapers and I did a little bit of research at the time I thought mm, you know he's banging the goals in in La Liga he's sort of off the radar and in some ways he hasn't been mentioned with the English clubs um, and now all of a sudden we've got him so it's it's probably a sign in that um, you know that not going to have the fans singing and dancing in the streets just yet, but you know if he can get the goals, then um, he's got every chance of uh, you know being being a popular figure with the sporters. While it might not get the fans off the seats, I suppose on the other hand, it will get the fans. Maybe excited isn't the right word, but happy that Benitez has finally got the striker that he's he's caught for for at least the last what six weeks, two months. Yeah, easily that. I mean, he was top of his list. Um, with the money that he had, uh, if you gave him a blank checkbook, I'm sure he wouldn't be top of his list. But he's been top of his list on the budget that he's got. So 
you know, he's he's gonna come in and he's gonna have to settle down as well, whether he starts at the weekend. Um I mean the deal isn't quite done yet as we speak, but whether he starts at the weekend we'll have to wait and see. Um he's had no ha he's probably behind on pre season minutes. Um that that's an issue. That's why Rafa likes to get things done early. So they're ready to go for the start of the Premier League. But uh yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what the starting lineup is. I mean that was quite uh, close to what it may be against Augsburg. There might be one or two changes. So, yeah, let's just get him in through the door, get him signed, and then um, move on from there, I think. What exactly is the deal? What is your understanding? Yeah, it's probably the most complex transfer deal of the window this summer that you'll see. So, my understanding of it is is that we are going to take Rondon on loan. They're going to take Dwight Gale on loan. Um, at the end of the season both clubs then assess whether they want them so it might not be the end of the road for Dwight Gale um, I've also been told from people at West Brom they're saying that um, that they have got an option to extend his contract so for I think it's three or four years so therefore the, the whole 16.5 million buyout clause that, that's gone completely so they may be able to name the price at the end of the window uh, sorry end of the season and basically for Rafa He'll probably look at it and just think, well, you know, I need a striker. You know, deep down, he might be asking himself, am I going to be there at the end of the season? I need a player in now to help us get through the season. I can't look too far in the future. You haven't given me a contract to sign. So, well, they gave a contract, but it's just not, it's not suitable. So he probably won't worry about the, the long term at the moment. He'll worry about getting someone through the door, make sure he's got enough bodies, and then maybe they can, they can partner with Price. And say, look, Dwight Gale going to West Brom more than capable of getting 20 plus goals in the championship if he if he has a great season then Newcastle are in the position where they can demand a big fee for him so it, it's a very long winded and complex deal but you know one that um, they seem to have just about got sorted where do you see him fitting in is it like you said the team that started on Saturday in a friendly mm. you just foresee maybe Josh Luke coming out and one Don slipping in Perez just behind him yeah, he's definitely going to be more of a sort of target man, the the more sort of physical forward, whereas Muto is probably going to be more like Dwight Gale's role, more like the poacher. But um, I haven't seen Muto play too many times, but what I've been told is, is that he is very quick. He can also play wide right and wide left. So, you know, there's a chance that you might see him change position. Versatility could be a big thing. Um, but... Finally, Rafa, after months of fighting um, with his sort of regime, he's got the got some players through the door, and that, that can only be a positive thing. Many people might say, well, Rondon is, is, is 29, yeah. he's going to be on a, on a big wage. Mitovic, 22-24, similar players in the, in the fact they hold the ball, one of the main attributes, people might disagree, but is it up in the air? Why have Newcastle United sold Mitovic, who's got more years ahead of him, mm. perhaps a bit more potential for Rondon, who hasn't exactly hit the, hit the ground running in the Premier League, although he has scored more goals, I think, than, than Mitovic? Well, I think for, for Mitt Rowe, he, he came in, everyone came, had a clean slate when Rafa was there. Even people like Marvo and Obertan was given you know, a couple of months to show what they can do. Obviously, Mitt Rowe was on a, a long a longer contract um, but he did get the chance to show what he can do in training everything's assessed um, 
to, to the nth degree under Rafa. And Mick Rogers wasn't doing what he asked him to do. He wasn't Rafa signing, he was a well, he was a Steve McLaren signing, you could say, but probably you would say he's a Graham Carr. Well, he is a Graham Carr signing, simple as that. So McLaren didn't have any say in bringing him in because the deal had already been processed. So why does he end up going? Sim- quite simply because he didn't really do what was asked of him in training and that's why Hosselu played more. That's why Perez played more. That's why Dwight Gale played more. The key to getting on with Rafa as a player is to do what he asks, basically, and he didn't do it. So they've sold him. They've sold him at a good price, I think. Very good price. I mean, fifteen million was being moved in January, mm. and now they've ended up getting you know could end up being twenty seven million. So I think it's a good deal all round. Which is yeah, it definitely is. Uh, Rondon in gale out. Uh, and Zaki next from PSG hopefully or at least Rafa is, is keeping his fingers crossed what can you tell us about that deal yeah basically it's player Rafa once I think the player himself has been offered numerous contracts from PSG hasn't signed them so that might work in Newcastle's favour that he's not on huge money um, the fee seems to be around about 9 million but it'll be paid it'll be staggered payments and PSG aren't really Short money are they? I think so. They might, uh, they might be receptive to that, and um, hopefully that one goes through. But then it's been a turbulent summer, so you could, it's never say never. One of our listeners, uh, Zach Clemenson, asks why would a player like and like want to sign for Newcastle given the way he's played recently. He's played quite well, um, according to reports. Um, and if he does sign, do you think it'll? he'll do better than Torvan is, is his question well slightly different player uh, I think really why why, did, why would he want to come here is that, that that's the, question? the first yeah. the first question yes. so yeah basically the Premier League is like seen as the the big ticket if you like for for European players it's classed as the best league in the world in terms of like profile so everyone wants to play here um, he'll have seen other French players come over and do well and he'll probably want a slice of it I think French football not too bad watched a few games um, in the last few years on BT Sports and you know not too bad a standard but really outside PSG Marseille Monaco you know it's much of a muchness Mm -hmm. isn't it and the Premier League offers a big high profile game almost every week so um, and coming to Newcastle as well it's like it's still regardless of all the politics we're aware of and right in the middle of it's still classed as a big club so he'll um, he'll want to come over and do well and, and impress people if, that, if they can get that one over the line do you see that one getting over the line and are you optimistic? Um, optimistic I'll, I'll err on the side of, of being optimistic uh, but you know Newcastle they've been known to get things wrong they've been known to go too slow and we're running out of time so you, yeah you, you couldn't you couldn't say it's 100% but it's definitely one that Rafa has asked for it's, it's been on his list um, it could be one that's thrown back at the board if, if they say they don't sign him Paul Dummett gets injured and they've got no first sort of class specialised right uh, left back then they could be in trouble and it'll get thrown back at them is it going to be a cash deal do you think or will it be a loan deal I think it looks like it's going to be a cash deal paid over installments. Which begs the question then, Joe Bryan, 
of Bristol City, looks like he's off to join either Villa or Middlesbrough, who both reportedly had a bit of six million accepted. Now, obviously, the championship different style at the Premier League, but he's a very good fullback by all accounts. Had a good season last season, mm. uh, a young player. Why haven't Newcastle stepped up their interest in him? We, we know the, they've watched him and they were quoted six million, which in today's market isn't a lot of money. It's not a lot of money, but it's, it seems to be too much for. Mike Ashley um, I think what I'm told is Bristol City want all of that 6 million up front then you know, you, know the, you look at something and it is a transfer fee 6 million so they'll want all of that and the agent will want a, a fee on top of it the player will want a fee on top of it then you've got to consider the wages and that's why some of these deals don't get done because they seem to exceed you know 10, 12 million whatever it is and Newcastle just don't want to pay all that money out, so that's where it is. Uh, mentioned in your article yesterday that uh, a third one coming in potentially. So, um, any names or any suggestions of which position that might that might be? Is that going to be a centre back for Lejeune? Do you think? Yeah, well, I mean names. There are many. Not the right time to push them out there. Position definitely a centre back. Um, I think Florian Lejeune picking up that untimely injury um, being out for the season that has really rocked um, Benitez to the to the foundation because what he wants is and he sees Lejeune as a ball playing um, centre back who can bring the ball out and join in the midfield all that kind of thing and he was doing that really well towards the end of last season if you remember um, Lascelles Clark and Shaw or Scher as he's told us that, he, that that's how you pronounce his name so start that from now um, so those three are more like old school sort of stoppers if you like um, so you just want somebody with that little bit more um, elegance on the ball maybe and that's what that's where he's turned we did also he wanted another number 10 he wanted another winger but with there being so little time in the window left he's had to stick to three positions which is an article that I've done today um, just you know outlining why, why he wants a striker why he wants a left back and why he wants a centre back all the details are in that article do you see uh, any surprises coming anyone um, being sold that any Castle fans mm. wouldn't want sold I'm not going to mention any names because, this is the danger um, we all know the player that we might be alluding to given Marco Silva's comments today about him wanting the centre back that's his priority uh, I mean surely Jamal Lascelles is going to be at the end of the window You'd like to think so. He's made all the, the right sort of comments throughout the summer. But if a huge bid comes in, um, Mike Ashley and the current regime have been known to, to crumble, haven't they, at the last minute? And that's, this is the danger because, you know, it's it, Man United are going to sign Maguire as well, aren't they? So Leicester, they'll be looking for another defender as well. So, yeah, it's it's something you can't rule out. I mean... But the fee would have to be astronomical, so you are probably looking well beyond thirty-five million. If they get a fifty million pound bid, you see, from Rafa's point of view, if they get a fifty million pound bid, how much of that will he see? And then he'll be without his first class, first choice sort of centre back and captain. It would, it would be unthinkable. Do you think? Obviously, we always. Alluded the fact that Mike actually tends to be gambling with the club status by not backing up properly. He said um, after that Augsburg game, he was asked uh, if the players feel 
his frustration and he said 100% so when you've got big names like yourselves who's quite vocal ambitious they're not seeing the players coming in you know and then a bid does come in for them for their own services I mean my gosh should only really have himself to blame if, if the players start knocking on the door and saying well you're not you're yeah. not backing the manager you're not strengthening the team I want to go yeah I can I can see I can see that point of view but like I also see it from the players' point of view, and just you, you, you kind of get to know the players' mentality after you've like been around them for like a certain amount of years. And really, if no for me, if no more players even came through the door, I think there'd be a big percentage of that dressing room who wouldn't be bothered because it's like playing for your place, isn't it? If you're if you're a left back and you're the only one there, you can rest easy at night knowing that you're going to be playing as long as you're fit. If you're right back, same situation, whatever position it is, um, you know, if there's limited options, then you're going to get more game time, and that's what it's all about. Um, but then you probably get the players on a different level, the ones who know that no matter who comes in, they're definitely going to be playing. So maybe even going back to like Alan Shearer's day, he would have, you know, been knocking on the chairman's office and saying. You know we need to get some more players in the door because he knows he's going to be definitely playing. But it's maybe the the other players in the dressing room who know that you know if someone comes in there they're out basically. And so I think it's it's mixed mixed mentality around around the dressing room. But ambition is a is a big thing at any football club really. I mean you only have to walk up the stadium to see, and you get a feel, don't you, when you're walking up there, um, or even when you're in the press room or whatever. And you just you just it has that big club feel to it and it it should be kicking on but it's sadly scrapping on for bargains as we've been writing all summer you well this is the next question a lot's been said about budgets and how much money Rafa has had to spend but when you do speak to him it's not necessarily about how much he's had to spend it's more a being trusted with what he has to spend and b the fact that Newcastle have not acted quickly enough he said to both of us on on, on Saturday that He's been ready for months. He's given yeah. them a list of eight hundred odd names, and he's sat here with four or five days to go, and he, you know he's he's still waiting for three or four players to come through the door. Yeah, it's incredible, really. I mean, it's a second year in a row he hasn't taken a holiday. Um, he's been sitting working at home, um, going through options, giving the board different opportunities to sign certain players, and look, he he's thinking from a football point of view. They're thinking from a business saving money point of view, and that that is exactly what the the dynamics of it, and it's it's not good. Um, but this board, the weathered storms before having the, the the things have been said about them, things have been written about them. There's been certain protests, and they just continue doing what they're doing. Um, Mike Ashley, you don't get to speak to him. He only does the odd interview with Sky. Um, Lee Charnley. Can't seem to get to him. Um, doesn't want to answer the questions. People keep sending me tweets saying, "You need to ask them these questions." We'd love to ask them the questions. We've tried on more than one occasion in the last three months, even, and um, there's been no response. So there, there are big questions to be answered. And, and you know what? If they came out and actually said, "Okay, this is our philosophy. This is why we're not spending money. We're worried about finances. We're worried about coming in other leads." then at least they've got that out there and then everyone knows. But at the minute, nobody knows. It's just a case of they seem to be looking for credit for just avoiding being like an Aston Villa or something like that. And it just doesn't, doesn't stack up, especially the football club like that. No, not at all. 
But Benitez, obviously you were there uh, over in uh, Braga for his press conference, uh, explosive, he was very angry, you could see it in the pictures and the words that he said to, to you and Stu Rayner. Saturday was a little bit different, he wasn't as angry but still, still very frustrated. Yeah, I mean, going back to Braga, he, I, would, I wouldn't say he was angry, I would say he was more, he was more intense and focused on getting the right words out. Um, I haven't really, I'm, I have to be honest, I haven't actually seen him angry in a, I don't know, like a Joe Kinnear way or anything like that, the, the volcano uh, press conference all that years ago. I haven't seen him like really, you know, kick off if you, if you like, but he, he was very diplomatic and he, he, the words were intense, but he got them out there and just when he was giving the, the clip dancers, when he was asking, you know, do you think we'll sign any players? I have no idea. Um, is there money to spend? I have no idea. All that kind of stuff. That that kind of says it all, doesn't it? Really, when it's just clipped answers. So Saturday, it was a little bit less intense, I would say. Um, he was, well, let let's just say he was in better fettle because he knew that certain deals were being done, and at that time, I think Rondon was on his way up and Gale was on his way down to the Midlands. So he was probably in a little bit of a better mood, but it was still it was still a fascinating press conference to be in, wasn't it? No, definitely in. I say there was a different feel around, around it, but it just speaks so well. He knows what he's doing. He's playing the game very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what I, what I picked out of that press conference um, was he kept using the term "we" when he was talking about his backroom team. And the thing, what you got to remember about Rafa is he he has got his own little team around him. Um, his backroom people. He's always got his next move planned. No matter what that is, he is, he's a world class manager. But he's also, almost like a brand, if you like. Um, and when Newcastle didn't have a manager, he was the one who went to them and said, "I'll come in and you know save you if you like." Um, he didn't quite do it. He nearly did it, but he got them back up, and he got them a tenth last season. So you know he's showed exactly what he can do with hardly any money, and now it's just he's just desperate for him to say to see what he can do with a few quid to spend. And a few things, just to pick out from what he, what he did say, it'd be interesting to get your analysis on it, was he said, you know, kind of in the past, when we've been trusted, when we've been given the tools, yeah. we've brought success. You know, why? Because they've, they, they've trusted us, they've supported us. Now, he didn't say, I'm not getting the support, I'm not getting the trust from like Ashley or Lee Charlie explicitly, but he inferred it, didn't he? I mean, there he's saying... I'm not fully being backed. Basically, that's what he said. He, he, I think, if you look back over the quotes, he said, "We thought we'd be getting X amount of money to spend, um, and what it, it hasn't. We're still waiting." And he basically said we were ready to go. And yeah, he was pushing it all in in the direction of the people that don't talk. So he's you know he's being paid to go out there and speak, and he's done it, and now he's pushed it into their direction and. You know the silence is 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 there in it, so it's it's difficult. And the other line was, "I'm not happy that we just have to survive yeah. every year." Yeah. Now again, that's uh, we all know what he what he's getting at. But yeah, a few months ago, he probably wouldn't have said that. Is it a case that he has just been pushed too far this time, or is it all part of the politics at the club? The the big danger was with that with what he was saying there was, 
don't ever do a David Moyes and say we're in a relegation battle. And he, he wasn't quite saying that, but he was he was close. But he, he kind of packaged it in a different way. Because if if the season kicks off and everyone thinks, finished 10th last year, we can kick on the top six. They're not in that position. He also said on Saturday that um, we were quite lucky to finish 10th because two or three results the other way, we could have been 15th or 16th. And then that would have been more of a reality check. So... I think from his point of view now, he just wants to get the window done, get the players through the door, and then just battle on with what he's got. And you know, he's he's intelligent enough to know that if they have another good season and they do finish in the top ten, then he can probably just say, "Well, if you're not going to give me this, this, and this, then I'm going to go, and and you can pick up all the mess." It's only going to be an interesting few days, and that's before we go into questions. We're going to do a quick Facebook Live um, with your questions, but just finally, just wrap this part of the podcast up. Um, Thursday, five pm. Um, who do you who who do you foresee coming in? Who do you see for coming out? Well, I think what you've got to look at is you've got to look at the fact Rondon's definitely coming in, um, the left back from PSG and a centre back names not ready to push them out just yet because the deals aren't, aren't close but they're the three positions that should be covered going out it's not not as much pressure because the window um, I mean if we get the window now and um, Lascelles hasn't been sold to an English club then I think we can not worry about that one but we've got to remember is the window remains open till the end of August for overseas clubs can buy players still I don't think Lascelles is going to go abroad, or I'd hope not. Um, I don't think any of the key players will go abroad. I think that'll just be the saga will continue, if you like, for people like uh, Lazar, uh, Henri Sevier, who can all get their deals done at other clubs. But by the you know start of September, then everyone can sit down and and write their articles and say, well, this is how much they've spent, this is how much they've recouped, and then you know make a judgment from there and. You know, as I say, it's that that's pretty much going to be judgment day. And then Matt Ritchie, if you don't see him going anywhere, you think he's he's locked in now. Although we again, we can never say never. You can never say never. Uh, I think I did hear last week that you know there was still possibility of the whole Townsend situation. But then, since I heard that, Townsend's again come out and said he's committed to Palace. So whether Townsend is, it's easy to do, isn't it? Say you're committed. Then if it changes, then you can say something else, I suppose. But he needs to get his message out to the Crystal Palace fans because if he doesn't go, then he doesn't want to get a rough ride off them. So he's been probably being sensible by saying what he said. Hello and welcome to Chronicle Towers. Uh, just a bit of a Q&A here. Um, if you do miss it, it'll be on the end of the Black Everything is Black and White podcast, which will go live um, on uh, all platforms later this afternoon. Joined here by Lee Ryder. It's been another busy week. Uh, from Cast United, we've already got a few questions, so if you sit with us, Lee's going to get through the best of them, and we'll we'll dive straight in with some uh, with a question about Danny Ings from uh, someone called Ethan over email. Didn't give his surname, but uh, Ethan asks, "Are United after Danny Ings?" Well, I asked about this yesterday and was told not. Uh, I have asked about it earlier in the summer as well, and doesn't seem that there's a big interest in him because. Uh, he's a player that Newcastle had been interested in before. Uh, he's twice been up here, but um, didn't fancy the move himself back then. 
also got injury problems you've got to remember that 15 million pound would be a big gamble but at the end of the day Newcastle just don't seem to want to stump up that much money for for any player um, so Danny Ings doesn't know where it's going to happen and of course it can't happen on loan because you can only just have two domestic loans mm-hmm. so it would have to be like you say a massive a massive bid which would be a huge gamble well it would yeah I mean it's almost like I mean Danny Ings no doubt about it he has got plenty of ability he's done the job for Burnley he's done it for, for Liverpool but he has had injury problems and it just shows you perhaps um, there is a little bit of almost a, an air of desperation about getting players through the door that it's a player that people want to see come in so yeah it's it's one that personally wouldn't get me you know excited as a fan but uh, yeah there's not that's happening anyway so yeah, question two from James DeCothy uh, do you think Mike Ash has any intention to sell the club uh, and do you think he is insisting that every player is paid for in full is because he's leading up to a potential sale yeah I have heard that mentioned about the installments and all that sort of thing uh, they do like to they do like to make sure the players have got are definitely theirs if you like is he trying to sell the club still it's gone a little bit quiet on that front but they definitely haven't taken it off the market uh, they put it up for sale last year, didn't they? And it's it's still on there. Um, they haven't had the bid that they want, which we now believe has gone up to four hundred million. No one's came in with that type of money. What type of deal it would be this time? Funny enough, he said he would accept instalments to sell the club, didn't he? Um, but certainly there's been no fresh bids, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens on that one. And uh, Chris Tyrell has two questions. Um. Well, the first one is, is there any way of working out what cash position is of the club without having access to the accounts? I mean, we've we've had a look over the accounts um, and obviously we know how much players have come in and come out from. I mean, I think the net spend at the moment is somewhere around 25 yeah. million. So I suppose that answers that question. So I've just kind of answered for you. But I mean, yeah. let's go on that. I mean, around 25 million, Rafa Benitez would be forgiven for thinking that would be his to, to spend. Yeah, I mean, he's everything he's done is right, isn't it, in terms of players he's got rid of. If if he has got rid of someone they've gone for, someone like Sells was like a small loss, wasn't it, two million, um, which is should be nothing when you're raking in TV money, prize money, all that kind of thing. The big disappointment for Rafa Benitez and probably all the fans as well is the fact that the likes of Wolves, Fulham, Huddersfield, Brighton, Southampton, all these clubs are like totally outspending Newcastle and. Um, you do fear where they're going to finish but you know looking at last season everyone thought Everton were going to have a great year didn't they and um, they didn't do it they were pretty poor overall um, scraped scraped a sort of mid-table finish and Newcastle um, this year they've got no expectation on them because everyone thinks we're in crisis that is that is <laughs> the go-to word um, Ram Kishore asks about the, the the kind of media strike that the players are currently going through. Yeah. Um, now, he's in an impression. He's asked, "Is it just gossip?" I mean, no. We've had this confirmed. You've had it confirmed. Yeah. By by the by the club by, yeah. the, by the players. Um. So what normally happens after a game is, uh, we go down the press room. We get the quotes off Rafa Benitez, and then some of us make our way outside to what's called the mix zone where the players do the interviews uh, apologies if anyone already knows that information but some people don't so that's what we do we wait and we get the opportunity to ask them if if said player w- would speak to her 
at Braga, they had a very nice mix on. It was very posh, but unfortunately the players uh, didn't want to stop and speak. And then it quickly emerged um, that they were, weren't speaking because of a, an internal issue. Uh, we weren't sure at the time what that was. We've since found out it was the, the bonus round. Um, so they didn't speak at Braga and they didn't speak after the game against Augsburg. So um, that will rumble on maybe another couple of days, whether they speak before the Spurs game. We'll have to wait and see. But certainly it has to be sorted. The bonus, that is, has to be sorted in time for the start of the season uh, for Premier League rules. And and they will be um, obliged to speak to the press because of Premier League rules. But that's only rights holders. Uh I mean, Ram's second question there is why would the club make the same mistake as it did last season? Because we've been here before where the players, yeah. again, the bonuses haven't been sorted. So mm. why why the club allowed it to happen again? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's not even the second time it's happened. I think it's happened probably about five or six times. Uh, Mike Ashley just likes to sit around and drive a hard sort of bargain, you know, and that's exactly what he's doing with the players. That's what he's done with Rafa with the transfer money. That's what he'll do with anybody who tries to come in and buy the club. He'll just fight and fight and fight until he gets the, the price that he wants. Um, a question from Simon Andrew asks, uh, told that every deal is done on its own merits, so just because they have £20 million to bid for a plea doesn't mean they have, to, they have to spend it on anyone else. So his question is, who decides exactly what player is worth what and how much they offer? So kind of where does the value lie? Yeah, I mean, Rafa Benitez probably sources his own players and will come back to them with a price. They'll basically give them a, a yes or a no. Um, it's all dictated to by how much um, Mike Ashley is willing to release. Uh, and they seem to have different kind of excuses for, for different players. Like Rondon originally, when the price was 16.5 million, uh, Rafa was told it doesn't fit in the club criteria. So they end up having to almost sacrificed Dwight Gale on loan in order to get him in so the goalposts move all the time um, but the chain of command is a bit uncertain as well because I mean obviously Lee Charney works beneath yeah. every day but then it's not like he can just sanction deal is yeah. it you know it has to go through it well, might actually appears to make the final decision but Justin Barnes is somewhere maybe in between again we don't know yeah. that much about him I think that the way I look at it is obviously Mike Ashley's the owner he's, he's probably got the final say on, on everything he does like to tell people that you know he, he takes a back seat but that's probably not right because uh, at the end of the day he's the one who's got the sole money basically um, it, it's in sort of his account if you like I mean Lee Charnley runs a club on a day to day basis he's got some power to make some decisions but hasn't got the power to make all the decisions so that is a big issue at the club there's no one who's got 100% clout to say yes or no everything's got to go through Mike Ashley and then the other people that you've mentioned people like Justin Barnes people like Keith Bishop they are like sort of trusted aid to Mike Ashley and he'll speak to them uh, to get get advice and gain an opinion and then work it out from there but it's all dictated to by figures and how much money they're willing to, to put forward and, and sadly it's not not very much fantastic uh, Joe Parsons asks a question which I suspect many of you people will be uh, wanting to know is who is going to pick up the number 9 shirt with Dwight Gale seemingly on his way to West Brom yeah I mean that's a it's a good question because um, you know Gale won't be here so 
it would probably be you know a toss up between Rondon and Muto. I mean Muto definitely is a player that they see as Gale's replacement. So whether we would fancy that, um, we'd have to wait and see. Some players in the past w- wouldn't take the number nine shirt. You know, I mean when Leon Best signed, for instance, he actually said on the record that's a shirt number that I probably need to earn. Uh, I think he took number twenty. I think at the time. Um, you know, Andy Carroll desperately wanted it. He he finally got it, uh, but I think in the championship he didn't have the nine. No, he took it. After he, he took yeah. it afterwards because I think Chris Hutton come out and said we don't want any additional pressure. That wasn't too long after Alan Shearer had the shirt as well. So Carroll was another one who had to earn it. So it's down the player. Um, it's a big number to wear, isn't it? And certainly, you know, financially, how that's probably the one they sell the most shirts on number nine. So. We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, you would say them two are definitely right in the mix for it. And finally, just to wrap it up, can you give the people watching over there on Facebook just an update on you know, the latest transfer news? You know, obviously, we've got Rondon imminently signing yep. in West Brom, taking Gale the other way, uh, and obviously the PSG left back exactly as well. Yeah, uh, but basically, Rondon is, is here, he's on Tyneside, he's, he's ready to, to go almost. Um, Gale will pen to paper with West Brom probably later today or early tomorrow. Uh, the big the hold up has been uh, Gale is actually on more than Rondon, so it's been a bit of a debate over who should pay the sort of additional um, salary. The, the left back talks are still ongoing. He he should um, come in providing they can get the price agreed, uh, the instalments agreed. And then the other one is a centre-back. There's probably a number of names out there, probably not right uh, to put them out there at the moment because, you know, deals can be, um, you know, can go wrong once they're out in the public domain. So we we can't really say on the centre-back whether Rafa can maybe squeeze one more player, a younger player out. We'll have to wait and see. It depends on much progress they make. But believe me, you, you just get the feeling you were there as well, weren't you, on Saturday Saturday night in his press conference. If he can squeeze out another couple of players out of them, he will. And that's it from the Everything is Black and White podcast. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news.